Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is Cameron Bell. I am filling in uh, for our usual host, Mr Edgar. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, so I'm sure that I will... You'll join me in sending uh, our good wishes to make sure that he gets a bit of a speedy recovery. Um, I have been given what could probably be determined as the sexiest combination that I could possibly have as, as my guests on the show uh, this afternoon. Uh, first of all, uh, still using the Brill Cream look from the 50s, Mr Andrew McGowan. Hello, folks. Hi, Cammy. And uh, wishing he had the hair to require the use of Brill Cream, Mr Martin Ramsey. Yeah, it's been a few years. Thanks, Cammy. Listen, I, I'm I'm gonna have to get my digs in early because compared to you two, I'm just a big fat blobbering mess. So, you know, I've kind of got the sexy team on with me tonight, and you two can let's put it like this: if the three of us were at a bar, I'd be the last one to pull. Is that fair? Aye, but you, you've got the chat, Cammy, and everyone knows that's that's what's what it really comes down to. So, you know, driving for show, putting for dough, etc. <laughs> Well, yeah, so let's get into it then because we've got tons and tons to talk about. Rangers are back in action in a, in a very welcome return to a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Um, following up on a, a rather disappointing one all draw at the Fountain of Youth Stadium against Hamilton Ackies last Sunday, Rangers lined up with the, the, the usual back five McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Liam Balligan uh, making a, a, a return. And then Egbon Abarisic out on the left-hand side. The midfield three revised from uh, the Hamilton game. Joe Rebo, Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis with a forward three, thanks to the now uh, impending uh, ban of Kamar Roof, of Yanis Haji, Cedric Itton and Ryan Kent. Martin, I think it's fair to say that we were looking for a bit of a response. Um, I, I think, you know, we do try to, to, to be as impartial as we can with a slight degree of bias and heart in hand. Um, Hamilton gave us a game last weekend and we had a week to be able to get the players 
uh, I want to say, I don't know what you could call it, back into kind of frame of mind of we want to, to get a decent performance against Kelly. And I actually thought from the lineup in the first opening 20 minutes or so, I thought that we established a pretty good tempo to the game. Um, I, I'm not so sure about that. The, the lineup, everyone agreed. I thought it was it was relatively positive. I think people were, were quite happy to see that that starting 11. Uh, I think the overall pattern the game kind of fell into one that we're becoming kind of accustomed to, to seeing with Rangers over the last month or two. Um, it's like the inverse of Sven Joran Eriksson's England. I don't know if you remember near the end of his time, whenever he'd be asked at the end of a game, he, you know, first half good, second half not so good. And we're like the opposite of that. Um, we start as if we're taking lithium um, before going out. And in the second half is um, far more like it. Um, and, you know, we, we, we kind of get the, the, the job done. So it felt to me very much like that. You'll speak about the goal in a minute, which was outstanding uh, but it, it, it lifted uh, something more of the same really yeah and, and Andy I think in terms of um, the, the, the Aki's game was really around uh, there was some some chances for Aki's we, we, we had the door chapped a few times Command it was a little bit different I think that we'd created some decent passages of play um, the, the, the first real chance I think in terms of, of looking to be able to try and get ourselves ahead was quite a nice little um, piece of intraplay uh, just within the, the kind of left-hand side of the 18-yard box of Kamarnik. Tav was slipped through, but I, I judged I'd been offside. I think a fair call in terms of where that was, but unlike the, the previous week, we were starting to probably take a little bit more emphasis in the game and be able to try and, and it, it display a little bit more control is probably what I'm trying to say. Well, a control is a word I've used often when I'm talking about the, the Rangers team this season because we have controlled games and, and uh, we've largely been dictated to, to suit us. Hamill last week was a wee bit different. Um, but I thought on Saturday, Martin's correct, that I wouldn't say we were sluggish. There was just, there was just something no zipping just now, but probably it's because we're, we're harking back to pre-Christmas when we were really, really firing all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that the, the, the performance itself would have had a far, far better sheen if even one or two of the clear-cut chances we made had been taken, I think. If I was to sum up the game, then it, it was really a case of no deadly enough, no killer instinct, because the performance itself was pretty, you know, McGregor wasn't was troubled once. I don't think we ever felt under serious pressure, and really it was a case of taking chances, which we never did. So... Um, a strange game because at the final whistle, I thought that was pretty subpar. But in the cold, hard light of day, when you've had a couple of days breathing space between it, probably the only difference between that and certainly a very satisfied would have been a couple of, uh, of those chances being finished off. Martin, we, we kind of spoke a little bit about this previously, and we're, we're going to touch on Europe as well because obviously the return to the uh, European action on Thursday night. Um, do you think that? I don't want to call it a malaise. I don't want to say it's been sluggish, but you're right in what you've said. I don't think that we've had high tempo, high intensity starts to games this year. Now, we haven't had to. We've discussed this across a number of different pods. Is it because of the is it because of the gap? Is it because of the points advantage? Would you say that, you know, if the circumstances were different and we're within, you know, four or five points of, of, of a title race, 
that we would feel that pressure. Therefore, we would have to start quicker. I don't want to say we're resting our laurels, but it does feel a little bit like, well, we've kind of just taken our foot off the gas slightly, but we're confident that we'll st- still get the result. Hamilton Ackies was a bit of a kind of aberration to that because of the 94th minute equaliser. But I don't feel that we are going to, to drop points if we don't start, you know, like about it here. Um, well, we're certainly in second gear. We have been a number of times. There have been exceptions to that over the last couple of months. Uh, I thought the start of Pitodri was um, a wee bit more up-tempo, but then the the context of the game maybe demands that. Uh, and that, that kind of answers your question. Um, it's natural for, for the intensity or the need for intensity to go when the, the competition disappears. And now, Different for us because we're, we're we're searching for something this season. We're trying to achieve something this season that we we haven't done for for some time, and it was going to be a very very special title. And therefore, your your, your blob on the sofa shouting um, at, at at the telly would, uh, you know, demand absolutely hundred percent every single week. Blah blah blah. Um, because it's such an important title, but they're human beings and they're athletes. They, you can't go at that pace at that level. Um, for the entire season, they'll be burnt out. And as far as I can understand from the way that our management team tries to kind of calibrate the season, they want us to finish strongly. You're going to have to take a breather then because we started like, about out of hell, give or take. Um, but you, you simply cannot do that for, for eight, nine months um, or you will disappear when... Presumably, in theory, um, we would have thought at the start of the season you would need it most. Um, so I think we've used this time, we've used the the gap that we've had, the gap that's obviously got got bigger over the last couple of months, uh, contracted a little bit recently, but um, as a as a proper cushion, just to do enough. And we've we've rode our luck, and we got bitten last week at, at Hamilton. Um, and listen, come on, it was dreadful, but one 0 all it takes is a wicked deflection, blah, blah, blah. We all know the score. None of us were sitting too comfy um, on on Saturday because it's, it is only that. Uh, but I, I would completely agree. I think we have just managed the last two or three months. Um, you've got to do that in Scotland anyway. It'll sap the legs like nothing else because of the pitches and the weather, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we, we've, we've been able to because the, the, the intensity of competition has disappeared. We've not been in a title race for since New Year, realistically. Uh, and I am really looking forward to seeing Europe back. I think this Rangers team, and Andy's talking about Zip, and, and you've mentioned it as well, Cammy. this Rangers team are at their best, I think, when they're playing a lot of football and meaningful football. And I'm delighted to see Europe back. Just to Andy, give you that, that two games a week. You know, you build that kind of momentum. Yeah, listen, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. I think the congestion of fixtures that we had in December kept us simmering if you want to call it that it kept us going we moved it game to game and now uh we, we have to pad that out as, as obviously there's more time in between fixtures at the moment and uh, there's, there's a part there and i wonder if there's a, a a microcosm of an example that we can use in terms of how we've seen the season thus far used within this commandment game um because uh, just about 10 minutes shy the 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 halftime whistle. Tab puts in a corner. There's a little bit of a kind of stramash in the box. I think Balligan gets a touch on it. It's eventually cleared just out to Ryan Jack. 
who's maybe 20, 22 yards out from goal, he takes a sublime touch to be able to try and set him up with a volley, a, a, a wonderful dipping volley, which the keeper just simply cannot get close to. A magnificent goal, a real piece of genius. And then if I can, I'll let you come on to the goal in just a second, but the reason I call it a microcosm is because I actually feel as if that goal just relieved the pressure. It just allowed us to kind of relax a little bit more. We saw it through to halftime. And then as we get into the second half, I don't think it's been a hairdryer. I don't think it's been, you know, Gerard giving them a bit of a kind of uh, a reminder at halftime. I think it's just eased the pressure on ourselves to say, right, that's us in our groove now. We can start to look a bit more assured. We started to kind of come forward a lot more. The attack started to happen. Come on, we're poor, right? I'm not I'm not saying that this is all just due to, to our temperamental shift. But it felt to me when that goal went in, it's like, okay, we've got a lead now. And now we've got a lead, we can just play our style of football. And then that started to create more opportunities for us. Um, I think that the, the kind of opening 15, 20 minutes of the second half, Ryan Kent had a very... Um, a very good chance saved by Doyle when it was right down towards his left-hand side and it was proper fingertips. But that feels to me that once we've got our noses in front, we're, we're very more relaxed and confident than we've seen in the last few seasons. I think absolutely. I think, I think any team that has the defensive record that we've got and has such confidence in themselves as a defensive unit from front to back knows that if they get their noses in front that they're another 80% to the to the end of the game. So I think we need to be kind of careful here that we're, we're not being overly apologetic for performances and uh, overly critical because, I mean, any Rangers fan that's seen a title-winning team will have seen games like that many a time where the team is subpar. It's kind of laboured. It doesn't feel exciting in the moment. And there's just a slight bit of doubt creeps in your mind because anything can happen in football. But you kind of know that if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to win it. And, and I think back to games where Christ, nine in a row, when we're, I think it must have been six in a row, where Mark Haley would drag us single-handedly through games, which were turgid. And I mean turgid, and we were watching far more expensive squad than we're watching now. And he would be the one that would make the difference. And you can think back to other games, etc. There's, there's loads and loads of examples. So I think the goal itself, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. And and for many, many years, I've been saying that we need players all, in, all around the park to contribute because that's been the difference for Celtic and that they've had games where they're struggling, they either get a, a set piece or they get a bit of brilliance or a midfielder that doesn't normally do it, steps up to the plate and scores a goal. And we do that now. I mean, we look at our centre halves and the goals that they've scored this season. We look at obviously Tav, but we look all in the park and we've got goals and we've got contributions, even bit parts. And this is why I've always said that squad is key, which is obvious. But you've got to have players in there that contribute, and I, and by contribute I mean ten games they come in and they score goals that make the difference. He has he's done it. He's came in and done his bit now, whereas he's not quite a first team. A first choice, I would say, if we're, if we're full of squads, fit, I don't know if he makes it every time, but when he comes in, he's contributing. He's, the, the boy right looks as if he'll be able to do that. So the, the, the thing you say there, Cammy, about microcosm is correct, and it's obvious that if we get our nose in front, we're going to relax, but you've still got to do it. And that goal there was a, a kind of stamp of approval of the quality that's running through our squad now, but not just the quality. The actual mentality, the balls, the 
um, sheer will and determination to, to, to score goals like that, to make things happen, to find solutions, because that is the difference in games like that, and that's what wins you championships. Sounds cliched, but it's it's 100% true. So I think we need to, be, we need to keep the game in perspective of, a, of the whole season. Martin said it at the start, you're going to have dips. Everybody has dips, but it's how you handle those dips. And we've handled a wee dip in the last month or so, last four weeks, absolutely fantastically, bar Hamilton. Uh, yeah, listen, you're totally right. You're totally right. Before I move on to Martin, because I do want to talk about um, what you mentioned there in terms of the, the squad. Andy, you're a, you're a proven footballer, and I've heard huh. of your exploits. The Jack goal, what was better, the touch or the hit? Hey, I think the touch. I think yeah. to, to, to do that in the heat of the moment, when you're under a wee bit of pressure, because those commander players are obviously pushing out, to, be, to have the awareness and the and the because your first instinct of football players usually get it on the egg, isn't it? You're, <laughs> you're, you're, trying, you're trying to get it done and you're trying to get it under control first and foremost, particularly if you're shooting for the edge of the box. So I actually have the awareness to say, no, you can't. Right, I'm going to keep this in the air and I'm going to volley it at, at, at that stage of the game. I thought it was. I mean, I'm being critical of Jack in the past because I don't think he shoots enough. I don't think he creates enough. And sometimes a wee bit wanting in the final third, but fuck, he's making a mockery of me there because that was his. I mean, he was reminiscing at a tavern in the Petrofac final, which I thought was one of the best goals I've ever seen live in the flesh. So, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Martin, you and I live about 50 miles, give or take, as the crow flies. We, we, we live about 50 miles away from each other. And when Ryan Kent was bearing through on goal, does a lovely step over, squares it to Joe Aribo. I'm fairly sure I heard you shout from my house um, the fact that he had missed it. Now, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about the squad in just a second, but what I will say is that it was a great opportunity to be able to try and finish it. Uh, but a huge element of where we are now and how we've progressed is that it, it didn't feel like as if the game hung in the balance because of that miss. We're just far more confident, we're far more assured because we know that we can see out the wins. Now, Hamilton Ackies is obviously... As I said before, a, a, a blot in the in the copybook as a result of that, but that's very much against the norm. We knew that when Aribo missed that, it was a okay. Well, another chance will come. It's not gonna it's not gonna impact us. Uh, it's easy to say forty eight hours later, um, <laughs> because again, I, 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 I go back to what I said. You're projecting your own anxiety onto it. It is only one nil, and it just takes up. A weird thing. We will concede again at home, I'm sure, at some point in in the league. Um, but you're you're right. Uh, you're not. We're not in the same situation that we we felt at times last year and definitely the season before. Usually away from home, where one nil was never enough, and we we got ourselves in leads, didn't we? Uh, at these kind of uh, tight, awkward grounds like Robbie Park, Tynecastle, whatever, and couldn't see it out. And you know the ass collapsed. We we know all that. Um, more of an away thing than an Ibrox thing and, and certainly Ibrox this season I mean, it's been ridiculous absolutely ridiculous that the, uh, the, the solidity um, McGregor's been obviously called in to do his job um, at various times as you'd maybe expect in football um, but but you're right, getting that first goal which I think, are we not all in that kind of mood just watching Rangers in general now, but especially these home games uh, the, as long as we get one you do breathe that wee bit, but we, we all like to see the second. Um, it should have been. It was a, a very frustrating moment um, because we, you know, we're not even looking at a, a long-term picture anymore. It's, it's there. We can see it. It's, we can nearly touch it. 
and you're just counting down wins. Um, and uh, you know, two or three nil by the hour mark would be obviously a lot more um, comfortable. But you know, it's Rangers. We've been following them for thirty odd years, and we should know by now that uh, it's never ever going to be like that. No, if I do things the easy way. Um, the Rangers mantra. It's drama. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, adding to your. We we can't go. We're paying a lot of money not to go. They're just they're, they're providing providing some a little bit of, a little bit of additional excitement. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, this is very oh, good. Exactly, a little bit of kind of additional entertainment for your your TV viewing. Um, Mark, I want to stick with you because I want to come back to a point that that, that Andy made there around. Um, where we are in terms of uh, resource management, because Europe is back on the horizon. Um, there was probably some questions uh, around uh, how we would be impacted by various different um, circumstances. So Bungay Zungu started last week against uh, Hamilton Ackes, wasn't involved uh, at the weekend there. Don't know if that kind of casts a bit of a, a cloud over what, what might happen with him potentially. Scott Wright came on um, for Yanis Hadji. Scott Arfield um, is a welcome returnee. Mm. Uh, the manager had said in the press conference on Friday, you know, he's been back in training. I was surprised personally to see him, um, but I think I understand why now that I've kind of looked at the bigger picture. Glenn Kamara not involved. Um, I want to say a little bit about Scott Wright at the moment because I, I'll be honest with you, I am, I am, I quite like the lad. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's the Sasa Papach lookalike winner 2021. But I really do like him when he kind of comes in. He does find a lot of good space. He, he opens himself up. There was a couple of physical challenges, which he didn't back out of. Mm. Um, when we talk about resource management, I think what I'm saying about if we've got one eye on Belgium on Thursday, I would be very surprised if Glenn Kamara doesn't start against Antwerp. Scott Arfield coming back in because we know domestically Scott Arfield can absolutely do a job for us when we're trying to churn out that winner. You know, we need some graft in there as well um, very interesting to see the manager looking to be able to try and be a bit pragmatic about how to be able to see it a game that we're only 1-0 up in but quite clearly that Cameron influence is there, he doesn't need to to chop and change and, and kind of panic about anything he knows that his players will see out the result for him uh, probably after a little bit of a regroup following last Sunday I mean Alfred's huge, we, we know that we know the job he does Um uh, go back to your first point. I like right as well. It's a full house um, on, on this pod. Limited uh, uh, appearances, obviously for for us. But but the the games against Aberdeen so far this season, he, he he's looked dangerous. It looks like he enjoys the ball. He wants it. He wants to be involved, and he he doesn't flap. Um, doesn't look like a headless chicken when he does get it. So uh, early signs there. Um, I don't know if Arfield will start on Thursday. I think that that's maybe a big call. Um, I don't know if you get an hour out of him, maybe then then great. Uh, we've still got Kamara to come back. Uh, it's a it's a good old position to be in. Um, uh, in terms of the, the the midfield going forward, uh, we only really got one that we can swap around in, in terms of our back four. Um, but. <laughs> They're doing all right at the minute, so it's not 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 a big drama. Uh, in terms of this this juggling act, uh, I couldn't have just been the only one that when we qualified um, for for the groups, great more money in um, six other games, free hit. Uh, oh, that's okay, very good, good to get through. And group winners, this is uh, a sign of progress. But when we did go through, when we did win the group, 
I mean, I, I can't, I don't even know if I'm the only one in this pod that was like, that's Europe parked because we are going to be deep in a, uh, a title race, hopefully. Uh, and there's only one priority there. Uh, and we, we need to be using the main guys um, for, for that purpose. Um, clearly, that's not the way that it's turned out in, in, in a happy way rather than um, um, last season. Uh, so, you know, we can have a, a real good go at that. We can have a real good go at... You, what I'm saying is, we're not having to use kid gloves to manage uh, a squad. We have to spin plates all the way till May. Um, in terms of the league, it's you know four cup finals we've got, uh, with more to spare if, if need be. Um, so we can we can do both. And yeah, I think the manager will be, be very, very happy with the options he, uh, he has at his disposal. Andy, does Kamara start for you on Thursday does it look like as if we'll, we'll maybe do some changing to suit what you know the different the different level of game that we'll be coming back into I don't think there's any doubt Camaro will come in I think he's kind of Cardi Salanis is the is the uh, kind of key figure in European game or one of the key figures um, he's just so good at keeping the ball and moving us forward so he'll, he'll come back in I don't know you know because Jack's Got a good role in Europe as well. Davis is obviously playing sublimely just now, so we're interested to see what selection is. But I'd imagine Kamara will come back in. Arfield's an interesting one. I don't think he'll start because I think it's too long a layoff. Although nowadays I think layoffs, the, the kind of drop in fitness is far better managed than in years gone by. So I don't think there's that much a difference between a player that's just coming back and uh, you know players that are up and running. So I think he'll be on the bench. Um, I think the key decisions will be the front three. Morelos will obviously come back in. Kent will be start. So it's that, that right-hand side slot. And I'll be interested to see who goes for If it's Hadji, if it's right. Um, I think if Arfield See if Arfield was a bit fitter, if he had maybe a cup, another game, do you not think he would have started up there? I, 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 100%. Because what play, play the three, yeah, play the three midfielders in Europe. Plus Arfield is an outside yeah. right, can I think, because he can do the whole defensive duty drop in he's a complete all-rounder and, and we know Gerard trusts him implicitly and there's a reason for that because he's tactically he's one of the best players we've got mm. so I think if he was 100% fit uh, he'll start but you know he, that, that, long as I know that maybe 10-15 days he's been training at full pelt so he may start you know so um, I, the squad the squad has done its job and, and it goes back to what I've seen earlier on I don't think we've got many fillers this season we really haven't. Players come in and do a job. Players come in and contribute. Uh, there have been very few exceptions that, that you could say they felt they've came in and fell short. Zungu probably is, yeah. is just finding too long a time to find his feet. He's the only one that jumps to mind. But now the squad has been uh, excellently utilised with the exception of the Simmering Cup tie, I've got to say. I think um, it would be interesting to see whether or not Gerard has maybe got one eye on the return leg against Antwerp, bringing him back to Ibrox, and maybe that's where Scott Arfield starts that game. But again, listen, Martin hit the nail on the head. It's 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 a selection headache. It's it's a great problem to have. And um again, because of of how well we've got so many different players playing periodically. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when they're getting their opportunity to come in, they're they're taking it. And we've seen that almost sequentially as the kind of season has progressed. You know, Tav has went well and then I'm not saying he's went off the boil, but if 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 Tavis had some outstanding performances, it's almost as if someone else then takes over the reins. Arfield has had outstanding performances. I think he's he's probably had his best season for us 
in terms of coming into it. The injuries obviously just come at a really, really bad time because he was in some great form, but I'm very confident he'll be able to try and recover that. Um, There's about a 2002-03 about, about this. There's so many players just stepping up and doing something, and then, especially in an attacking sense, and then someone else pops up when, when they're either, I don't know, suspended or, or injured or whatever, and it's it's been shared around. Um but I'd echo what Andy said just and what we've talked about that I think for the first time since coming back, we feel that we have squad options rather than backups. And I think that's cost us. We know it's cost us, even in, in Gerard's first two seasons. He had to play players that were nowhere near it. And I don't think we've got too many of them and we've got enough options that those they don't really get a sniff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, as you mentioned beforehand about some of our numbers, absolutely ridiculous. So we're sitting now at 22 clean sheets, 25 wins of 29 games, 100% record at Ibrox. Um, one thing which I'm keen to kind of get your, your, your kind of focus on with that, because as you mentioned before, Martin, that we are within touching distance of being able to try and get what we've all yearned for for the business end of 10 years. Um, and that is getting the top tier prize. Is there a view to this that we'll get this over the line, we'll do that, and then we'll try and maintain those records? Do we not care? I mentioned before, I think I was talking to Adam, I think, on, on in an extra couple of weeks ago, and I'm kind of going back to the Amazon All or Nothing uh, series with Man City, and, you know, you've got Guardiola, and he's looking at all the records and, you know, titles in the bag and what have you, and he's like, I want this record, I want the highest points total, I want this record, I want, you know, X... Does that is that a focus for you, Martin? Do you would you want us to be able to try and maintain that as much as we possibly can, or is it a case of listen? Do you know what the title is the most important thing? If we start to go beyond the whole, we concede another eight or nine goals or whatever, and we don't get the best goals conceded record or whatever, it's not really a a, a huge loss. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a joke in, in our chat about uh, uh, the the defensive record meaning more to me than than winning the title, and if they, they manage to eclipse. Um, Mourinho's first season at Chelsea, I think they conceded 15 league goals. Yeah, 15, yeah. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous stuff. Um, truth be told, not overly bothered. I think it starts to become a thing. Uh, and even when, when something's won, players, uh, teams start to get on edge because, you know, it's this invincible thing. Don't really care, just want the league. Go back to the Guardiola thing. Well, maybe if he put as much intensity and he won in the Champions League that season instead of getting some kind of domestic record, then it would have been a, an even greater season. And, and depending <laughs> on how things go this week, uh, also we add to it, which is going to be a, a tough game. But I've said before on this pod, nothing this Rangers team does in Europe surprises me. Domestically, they've surprised me pleasantly this season and put together a run of games that we've not hinted at being able to do before, a run of wins. But in Europe, they just, from day dot, uh, with Gerard, they've, they've just looked very comfortable in in in, in that sphere. So we'll see what happens next, uh, over the, the the course of the next week with, with with Antwerp. But if we do get this wrapped up and we're still in Europe, then no, it's got to be full blast at trying to achieve something immortal. And if that means you're playing kids, I, even in the split, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. See, see on see on that. The, the smart thing to do is if we do get the luxury of winning the league with games to spare. The smart thing is to get players like Jack Simpson and uh, 
Scott Wright, fully, fully embedded yeah. playing for Rangers. Yeah, because they were brought in early for that point. Aye, plus we know yeah. that we've been we've been super intense for a long period of time now, and that does take a toll. And players like Tavernier and Goldson at some point have got to get a rest so that we don't go into next season with a hangover. So, uh, you know, I, I would go with Martin here. If, if we've still got a sniff of Europe and going as far as we can in there, then that becomes the, the absolute focus because that is an exceptional record. To go unbeaten in this league would be very, very nice. Very, very nice. But it's never going to overshadow the fact we win the league. So, um, no, of course not. You know, I don't think I don't think many folk will uh, no forgive Gerard if he if he if he takes the foot off the pedal once it's over the line. Well, we need to move focus away from the pitch um, very briefly, please, gentlemen, because we are still in the situation uh, where, as we have spoken about across our, our various. Uh, pods in the last week or so. Since receiving um, the SFA published report regarding uh, the, the circumstances of child abuse, Rangers have still not uh, made a statement on the back of this, still haven't had a response to this. I think through various discussions, various um, uh, takes on, on, on things like social media, I think we've all said um, that that isn't good enough and that Rangers need to be able to come out and release something. I don't think, I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone who's in uh, agreement with the, the club's course of action in terms of what's happened at the moment. Now, last week on Extra, I, I talked about this with, with, with Colin. And one thing that I've kind of said is the club still have the opportunity to respond, Martin. And what we're able to do is we're able to, I don't want to say that we're controlling the narrative. I don't mean it like that. A statement would just be an acknowledgement. And I think it has to be able to try and come out from the club. They've chosen not to do that. I, we, we don't we don't know. We don't know the reasons as to why that's happened. Um, there's a real lack here of, of kind of reading the sentiment of what the support want and what we feel is the right thing to do, morally or otherwise, but we just feel it's the right thing to do. And I've got to be honest with you, there's a part here where I'm just, I'm not following the club's direction and, and, and why they've kind of come to this decision. No, this is baffling me, disappointing me, angered me, throwing whatever you like. Um, listen, I have no doubt, and I, I really don't have any doubt, that I'm sure the club are um, considering and, 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 and then following up on those considerations to to make amends and do the right thing with, with regards to anyone affected by um, by this situation um, in a material and, and meaningful way and ultimately that's more important than a sound bite or um, you know just some kind of statement uh, late on a Friday night uh, uh, that's that, that's just superficial of course it is uh, and I'd rather see that alone than, than nothing however there's nothing stopping them there was and has been nothing stopping them uh, making anything um, and it's created a vacuum and in this day and age you, you can't have that because it's filled by people that don't have Rangers at heart and you then get a media narrative uh, that is looking for some kind of moral equivalence over this this whole sorry affair throughout Scottish football and that, that you know everyone's equally to blame and, and, and whatever else in every situation is just very much the same, which of course isn't true. Um, and somehow uh, we, we, we end up looking even worse. 
and it, it baffles and frustrates me. Um, I am not at all um, uh, an, a negative person towards this board. I'm quite supportive of this board. I think any appearance on, on this pod, any tweets or whatever, would, would, would back that up. I know there are a lot of people out there who who are not and are desperate to, to get into the board on anything for, for personal agendas or, frankly, I think some people just haven't felt that fire since the Spivs were there because it gave them something to rail against and for some people in, in modern football just reeling against suits is what, what kind of keeps them going. Um, I'm not in that category at all, but i really, really disappointed and embarrassed by by the silence. Um, not that I think it will translate into doing nothing, which again is ultimately the, the most important thing, um, but it's just created an unnecessary and completely avoidable vacuum that's been filled by people as I said, who will um, not think twice about um, sticking the sticking the boot in. Andy, you and I are, are huge proponents of this board. I think that we have, as, as kind of Martin alluded to there, we've been very vocal in terms of our support of the board. We very much trust the stewardship of the club, um, where they're looking to be able to, even when we've changed custodians, etc. This is a this is a, a mistake as far as I'm concerned. Now I'm just a wee guy in a podcast. I'm not going to start turning around and you know telling guys like Douglas Park what to do, etc. There's a perception piece which I think kind of comes out of this that Martin's just touched on that you know you've got to be able to try and acknowledge this. I'm not suggesting that Rangers have done this for any other purpose rather than they just want to make sure that no. if they are talking about coming out and making a response that has that it has to happen sooner rather than later. Because there's a point here where you look as if you're too contemplative, but also as if you're ignoring the subject. And I think as time goes on, you're then moving more into the, the latter category. Andy, I, I think, as I said, you know, I think we're all in the kind of same boat with this as well. The, the club should come out and say something if it's just a, along the lines of acknowledging the victims, trying to support the victims reaching out to the victims, anyone who hasn't had the opportunity um, to, to to come forward, to, to encourage them to do so within a, a safe and open space that we can provide whatever support we have. But the club have to say something. So I'm contrarian on this and, and, this, and I'm going to be very careful to position this so that folk understand why I'm not quite on the same page as you guys. That SFA report, um, I don't think it deserves credit and I don't think it deserves validation for a football club. Uh, I see that in the context of wider Scottish society and the attitude towards child, child sexual abuse because I think it's driven by optics. Um, I think it's 90% lip service. I think that this report is just a continuation of it. I really do. I think that um, the people that we should be listening to, i.e. the victims and their families, I think their their reaction to this report is really what we should be looking at first of all and taking our lead from because I know for a fact that the Gray family are absolutely devastated, furious, bewildered by some of the content in it. And I think it's very, we, we as a club, I mean, I get what you're saying there, Cammy, about 
reaching out to the victims, make sure that we know there's a safe base and everything else. That, that goes without saying for anybody that's that's been involved in anything like this. But I think there's a further conversation to be had. And I think that by us just coming out and, and kind of doing the, the bit that's already happened with partaking Celtic and making a statement that is paint by number statement about this topic, I think I think it's, it would be a disservice. I think it, it would it would satisfy some of the people that are kind of some of the Rangers fans. And, and I get it, right? I get it. I know why fans are going after nut and saying, right, Rangers need to say something. And I understand Martin's point exactly about this vacuum it's created. But by the same token, I don't think we should be pressured into releasing a statement which, at the end of the day, could be seen as a tokenism. I think what we need to do is say, well, actually, there's a wider conversation about here. Because, I mean, Scottish society, there was a child sexual abuse inquiry set up, I don't know how many years ago, the Scottish government. And it's been beset by all sorts of problems. They refused to widen the remit of it to sports clubs. I think, and I might be wrong here, I think they refused to extend it to religious organisations. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was purely and simply as narrow as care homes and such. Yep. Now that to me that to me epitomises the conversation in Scotland about this topic. And just like many political subjects, sectarianism, societal ills. Football ends up being um, a convenient kind of can to put it in, and they'll kick that can, and they'll kick it down the down the down the road. So I think that there's actually a wider a wider aspect here, which, and I don't know if this is the reason Rangers are doing it right, or if they're just sticking their head in the sand because if they're just sticking their head in the sand, and this all goes for nothing. But I think there is a there is a, a kind of point in time where you say, no, actually, let's put our foot in the ball here. Let's let's talk about this because let's be honest here. I'm getting a wee bit hit up about it. There's a there's a massive elephant in the room here, which mm. is getting covered in a blanket of moral equivalence. That what happened over there in that corner is the same that happened over there in that corner. That isn't the case because what we've got is cover-ups potentially. We've got corporate entwinement of the the perpetrators and um, key key folk at the very very top of certain clubs. Right, that is not the same as having a rogue paedophile in a, in a boys' club. Equally abhorrent in terms of what happens to the victims, right? Do not get me wrong and do not, anybody that's listening to this on Twitter ever misphrase me or, or misquote me. I, and I actually, my, my whole world viewpoint in this changed because I, I spoke to a guy who, without giving away identities, he had a very close relative who was abused by Torbett and, and he told me exactly this guy's story and it was utterly tragic, right? The impact he had in his life, the impact he had in his football career. And that actually changed my wee viewpoint on the whole big jock news stuff and all the stuff that goes on between the, the supports. And I, and I can attain a, a far more adult viewpoint on it. So this is why I've arrived at this point here, guys, with the SFA report, because the SFA report was delayed for so long. Um, there was no kind of visual on it. The, the input from the victims seems to have been misconstrued. Um, mm. and that is a massive kick in the teeth so I don't want Rangers to give validation to this report, I'll be very very honest with you and I think coming out with a statement is tacit endorsement for it and actually get a bit of space between the two things and Rangers come out and make a statement, but make it a statement that counts for the victims uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't disagree with so much of what you said there and, and <laughs> but this hasn't, it hasn't come out of the blue we've known about this was coming for for ages, and I agree. Some kind of, uh, I sorry about that. Um, that we've seen 
in the last 48, um, 72 hours. I don't think that's good enough either. But, but, but we, we knew it was coming. And I agree with you, there's a, there's a bigger conversation to take place. So let's own that conversation. And we could have been well ahead of the game here and ready for it. But the, but you, I share the same concerns about moral equivalence. I think a lot of the, the drivers for this report were based on that. But the vacuum that we've created is given exactly the, the, the strength to exactly that, sorry. And that's that's really disappointing as well. I think I think the 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 area that we're looking at being able to try and, and satisfy what we're all talking about is if the club came out and, and acknowledged it, that then as you say, Andy said, you know, we acknowledge this, but we are calling for, you know, focus, you know, some sort of of, of, of working party going forward to make sure that this is never ever ever going to happen again and how clubs, every club, can be involved as part of that because you're right, there's no point in being tokenism and saying, right, well, you know, that's it and silence. But I think, yeah, as you say, it, it's about being able to acknowledge it. But we could be the driving force. We could be the change that that, that has to kind of be instituted at that point. How and when that's done, I don't know. But my hope is that, like you say, from, from that moral perspective, all clubs should be invested in that. But you're right, it, it's different. I think, in terms of what we've known that has happened systemically over the business end of 50 years. And as I say, I think that that's a much larger conversation that just simply can't be ignored because of um, the report has come out and then that is the end of the conversation. It's the beginning of the conversation, which I think is is a kind of main point with that as well. I just want to, to also move on to uh, another story which uh, has emerged over the last 24 hours. Uh, Rangers came out last night with uh, a statement to say that they were made aware of an alleged incident and we make no further comment at this time. This was in response to, um, uh, again, an incident of which Police Scotland uh, stated on Sunday, we have received a report of a gathering at property in Hayburn Lane in Glasgow around 1.10am on Sunday morning. Um, officers attended and those in attendance left. Ten people were issued with fixed penalty notices for breaching coronavirus regulations. Martin, um, this started to circulate very early on Sunday morning through various mm -hmm. social media and WhatsApp groups, football forums, wherever you want to get into it. Now, for due diligence, I don't think it's responsible for us to be able to talk about the players that we believe are concerned because there is no confirmation that any of those players were actually part of this. So without naming names, I think, like you say, several have went around the houses in terms of various different rumour mills and what have you. Rangers are aware of the fact that it looks like that we have had players who have breached their, their respective coronavirus uh, regulations and restrictions, um, came out of their bubbles. And it looks like, again, like you say, they've, they've, they've kind of breached that. Very, very disappointing given um, the focus which is on the game at the moment and more so because of what's happened so recently with George Edmondson and Jordan Jones. Um, I hate saying this because you hope that it's a legitimate, honest mistake, but I was very, very angry when I heard this yesterday, and just a real lack of judgment from those involved. Uh, yeah, you're right, it's hard to talk about it without knowing the full facts, because that's important to the discussion. Um, but I'd be the same as, as you and just about every supporter that that 
that held what they held yesterday, and obviously been a, a few variations on on a theme there. Um, but I think we're probably safe to say that something is going awry, um, and it's just not what we need at this minute in time. <laughs> That's probably fair to say. Um, I think the bigger concern was maybe how that would be handled uh, at government level this morning. It seems to have passed off. Um, a government that don't have the squirrels to seek to point at um, at this moment in time. That was my overriding concern yesterday, but clearly it looks like it's just going to be left to the club to take sanctions. And if uh, if need be, I'm sure there'll be heavy ones. Um, because we'll go back to what we said at the top of the programme, we are in touch and distance now. Um, and anyone jeopardising that, um, yeah, they, they need to feel the, the 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 full force of it, really. If uh, if, if that's true, Andy, doing something which I never thought I would do, which is to quote the first minister. Um, but <laughs> when asked about it today, she said, "I don't care what club it is; it's breaching the rules." If you're breaching the rules, you're in the wrong. It's really frustrating. It's really unfair to the vast majority of people in the country that don't have the privileges that elite sports people have right now. The vast majority are not. Uh, but when a small number do, then people will think, why am I bothering? Can I say to football and sport generally, please make sure your house is in order because it shouldn't take me standing here um, to say to highly paid footballers that you've got to obey the rules. Um not a huge fan of Nicola Sturgeon, I don't think either of us are. However, I couldn't agree with her more. I think that when you're given the privilege of continuing on, and listen, it's not like most of us who are you know, working from home and don't get an opportunity to be able to go and see our workmates. These guys see them all the time. They are getting out, their, their sport is continuing. Their, their wages are not impacted. Um, but to Martin's point, the 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 risk element here of what was potentially at stake and how it could have been a lot worse. I'll be honest with you. I, I, again, as I say, we can't go down the route of naming players because nothing's been confirmed. But I couldn't care less who the players are. I, I, I genuinely hope the club come down on them like a ton of bricks. Yeah, because they should be erring. I mean, erring in the side of caution should be an understatement, really. And... At any point in this season, of all seasons, it would have been really bad. But to get to this point of the season and to put... I don't think they're putting things in jeopardy. I think some of the narratives have been overblown in terms of what the government could do. But in terms of just handling their squad size and, and stuff like that, when you're coming up to European ties and, and the need for homegrown players without naming players, but... um. It, it really beggars belief, in it? and it's a dereliction of responsibility, regardless of age, position, seniority in the squad. It really beggars belief, even more so because we've had the Jones and Edmondson, and we've seen what happened to them because they've been, in a politeless fashion, shipped off, and we'll, I don't think we'll see either of them ever again. So it beggars belief. It really it beggars belief. But in saying that, the fact that Rangers have put their foot in the ball here tells me, or, or maybe I'm saying this in hope, but I'm hoping it's not as clear-cut and definitive as maybe has been uh, rumoured. Um, but even if it isn't, I think taking the, the heat off it for the Monday morning press conference for, as we say, uh, the bold Nicola to, to, to find something as a distraction technique, which would have come in very, very handy for her at this point in time, I think probably been a good move. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens next because... Um, 
something has to happen. I mean, we're talking about a vacuum earlier on, on another subject. There's a vacuum here. Um, so Rangers need to come out and be, be clear as to what's happened and see if it's not as bad as it's first made out. Be clear it's not as, been, it's not as bad. And if it's a minor breach, be clear this is a minor breach because I'm, I'm not for folk getting flogged when it's not deserved. But 10 penalty notices, <laughs> I would like to see the, the get out for this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just more whoever it was involved in it having to face Stephen Gerrard or Alan McGregor when you know the 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 CEO speak to them next. Um, gents, just to, just to wrap up, if I may, uh, just very quickly, we've got as we've mentioned already, the turn to Europe uh, against Antwerp across in Belgium on Thursday night. Um, really keen just to be able to try and get your thoughts, Martin. First of all, on um, returning to the European stage we, it feels certainly to me at least that there's been a very long layoff from it I don't know if that's maybe just because time is moving more slowly than usual um, but really excited about getting back into to European competition we, we've performed superbly even in the qualifiers you and I sat and watched some of those qualifiers together and I'm still in a bit of, kind of disbelief that you know we played as well as we have done especially through the through the group stages um, really looking forward to getting us back into that it, it, I, I think you know you touched on the point earlier on maybe some of that fixture congestion will start to feed into each other so really great opportunity to go back out and, and, and I think play some really expressive football on Thursday yeah, I'm just looking forward to um, European football uh, in, in February. Uh, big boy shit, to quote David Brent. Um, it's it's good to be at that level again. And yeah, hoping that it, it, it just brings out a different kind of Rangers performance, which then bleeds into the weekend. We need intensity back, I think. This this team are at their best when they're, they're playing a lot of football and meaningful football Um Good opposition um, by the looks of it. Um, looks a very evenly balanced tie. Um, the bookmakers would suggest. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to something something a bit different and and, and you know getting away from the uh, the kind of exhausting um, week by week of Scottish football. I, th- I think it'll be a score drawing Thursday. Andy, uh, you know back when what feels like four or five years ago when the draw was made to play against Antwerp. Um, personally, I, I you know I remember at the time I was quite comfortable with that tie. I felt that we could uh, we we should be able to give them a game. I, my belief is that we can progress. I think that we, without sounding super confident, we've beaten teams of a higher standard. Um, so it should be quite comfortable. But I don't believe there's also I also don't believe there's easy games in Europe. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how we we pick up the pace again uh, on you know cup football which has been somewhat lacking um, throughout our domestic campaign. And, and I'm just really looking forward to getting back into it now. It's like anything else. Once you get a taste, you want more. And and I think normally we would say getting to a stage of the competition would have been more than satisfactory, especially winning the group. But now we're there and, and we're playing Royal Antwerp, I think it would be viewed as a, an opportunity missed if we don't progress. But it won't be easy. Um, but in saying that, um, I think Europe brings out the bestness. I think a lot of our performances this season have been over, not overshadowed, but have been forgotten. I mean, you think back to Hirenveen, Galatasaray, they were fantastic performances, absolutely fantastic performances, uh, and should really be going down in history. Not maybe that's a bit of exaggeration, but certainly they're, they're really good, strong, reputation-enhancing performances in Europe. And uh, I think we deserve to get the, the, the rewards in Europe. I think we deserve to get to the quarterfinals. I think we deserve to get 
further and, and get the recognition that comes with it because the team has proven that they're they can compete against this level of competition. So I hope we bring our A game. I think uh, I hope we get a result that carries it on into the next leg where we've got a real chance. There's no reason to say not. Um, and I'm 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 much more relaxed about watching these games because we can enjoy the spectacle, we can enjoy the the feel good factor of knowing that the the eyes of Europe are on us when we're playing these games. Um and that the last thing I would say is that see all the time we were doing the dumps and we're getting kicks for everybody. And I mean Aberdeen fans, Hibs fans, Hearts fans, all these kind of folk. You can't dream again to this stage of Europe. So it's stuff like this that really makes it make me feel very, very uh, proud and vindicated and validated and everything we've done over the last eight, eight, eight years or so because this is proof positive that we said we'd be back, we are back, and you'll never ever get to this stage, even in your wildest dreams. So it makes me very, very bullish when we get to these kind of games. Yes, and do you know what? I'm sure those fans will be cheering on a Scottish team in Europe. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> Martin, um, just just very quickly before we finish up as well, what do you think is the only thing better than beating Dundee United at Ibrox? Um, a match sponsored by Hartman Hand, I would suggest. It's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head, Cammy. You're absolutely correct. Yes, that's correct. Now, if you would like to uh, hear more from uh, the gentleman and myself, mostly those two, I'm, I'm you know, still very much been able to try and follow their lead, but you can jump on over to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, uh, where you'll be able to get as many as five shows a day um, all about your beloved Rangers and some other topics in there as well. But we cover pretty much everything. Earlier on today, we had uh, our veterans and Alan Bradley and John Cowden covering the 70s uh, era, which is just phenomenal listening. Martin's got a wonderful show in the time capsule, also covers some great stuff in his Play All series as well. And if you'd love to be able to jump over, please head on over to patreon.com heart and hand. Uh, the really great thing about it as well is that, as you will see on Sunday, uh, we are going to be the official match sponsors against Dundee United. We did it against St Mirren last year in the opening games of the season and uh, we got three points. So when we win on Sunday, it's because of your beloved podcast. All that's left for me to do is to thank your executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. Um, but most importantly, to thank my guests, uh, Team Handsome and Cameron Bell. And the first one is Mr Andy McGowan. Andy, thank you for your time as always. Thanks, Cammy. And uh, I've got to say this team handsome things kind of taking its toll. Lockdown's no being kind, to be honest with you. So <laughs> it puts pressure on folk when they see me in the lot. Handsome. Who's that guy? And uh, listen, the sexiest voice in all the podcasting, Mr Martin Ramsey. Yeah, in a face for radio. Thanks, Cammy, and thanks for having us on for a easy, non-controversial pod. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get slaughtered with this. This would be the one that David Edgar decides to take yeah. off. Eh? Right. Thanks, folks. I'll be back with you um, on Extra uh, on Friday because obviously we are playing on Thursday. Um, but as I say, if you'd like to be able to get any more of that uh, Patreon content, you know exactly where to go to. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, and it's on to Europe on Thursday. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.